What's up, everybody? It's your host, Rob Morris. You're listening to the Rims and Nets podcast, episode 10. Um, we got a stacked show for you guys today. Um, like I said, we just, we have, uh, you know, the, the NBA season is just completing. Uh, we just uh, found out the results of game three last night for the NBA finals. Warriors against the Raptors. Um, so, we, I mean, like I said, we'll go over that as well as we'll give you a, a preview of game four. Um, we also have some high school news for you later on in the show. Um, also the Nike EYBL results. Um, this is the, the third session, uh, which was in Dallas. So we're going to get into that as well. Um, I was going to say, obviously, the basketball camps that are going on at the end of the month. Jason Tatum's basketball camp will be um, in the end of June, as well as Marcus Smart's basketball camp. So we'll give you some um, news on that and details, you know, give you all the details for that. If you're interested in attending those, if you have a, you know, the young one or someone, in, you know, that's, that's wants to play ball and he's he or she is, you know, interested in the game, that's a good start, you know, to, to develop their skills, but, uh, yeah, so we'll get into that, as well as we'll get into, you know, all the latest rumors as well, and obviously the big news for today was the Nets trading their two first-round picks to open up potential cap space for the inevitable inevitable which we all know is the missing piece which is Kyrie Irving and that's been their you know their target and I mean every day that goes by it just makes it seem slim that the Celtics are going to retain Kyrie Irving so and by the way the full news on that trade is they uh, the Nets traded away their two first round picks to the Atlanta Hawks for um to obtain um Torian Prince, and also the Nets also traded away Alan Crabb as well as part of the deal. So that's that's um, like I said, that's definitely a foreshadowing to see. I mean, to what we possibly could see on July first, where Kyrie could definitely be heading out of Boston into what, either one of those New York teams, but it's look it's looking like it's going to be um, the Nets. Um, they look like they're in in the driver's seat to get Kyrie. So, if you've seen all of all the other, you know, if you if you haven't been living under a rock, there's been a lot of news on Twitter and social media. You know, like Kyrie, I believe, had made like an Instagram story saying that, you know, home is home is where the heart is, and um, I guess like he um, was filming like his. Uh, he was in his old neighborhood, I believe. He's filming it where he has his um, old crossing guard. He's filming his old crossing guard from his old neighborhood in New Jersey. So he's definitely trying to let people know that he, he's a bit homesick or whatever. He Or he feels like he wants to get back to where he came from. So that's bad news for the Celtics. Because obviously, you know, like it's, it just hasn't... He hasn't really shown really any hints that he's going to come back to the Celtics in any way. 
Um, unless you looked at the other story where he believed, I think he had a story where he had, his, uh, I guess he has his new shoes that came out, the new Kyrie's or whatever. And he, I guess he said that Larry Bird um, told him to, to be true to himself or whatever that subliminal message is. But uh, so, I mean, Kyrie's an interesting dude. We all know he, you know, one day he thinks, uh, one one day he's thinking something else. The next day it's something different. So you can't really judge him day by day because his mind changes daily on what he what he feels and what he wants in his life. So and what his morals and beliefs are. I mean, we all know that he tries to have that persona of being, you know, the 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 super intellectual intellectual guy that knows more than you, you know, that that you know that kind of the conspiracy guy type of feel to him like he always tries to portray that about himself but we're getting a little bit too deep into it but uh yeah so i feel like you know that's a that's huge news right there that trade because it definitely shows that the nets are doing it for a reason they're doing it because they want to create some cap space not only to just get Kyrie, but also possibly to maybe get um another free agent as well to pair with him so that opens up two max contracts if they if they if they don't re-sign D'Angelo Russell because that will be expensive to bring to retain him even though he's a restricted free agent he's still under somewhat of their control it's still going to be it's still going to be it's not going to be cheap to get to get him back because he's going to get a lot of interest from other teams and obviously don't have to match that you know that op- that potential offer he could get so so we'll have to see how that that shapes up but like i said there's a lot going on and obviously game 3 last night was a it was a i feel like compared to you know you know coming into the game clay thompson was out with the hamstring injury so it made it tough for the warriors to really be competitive in this one I felt I felt like they did a good job at least staying in the game at times Steph Curry had an amazing game he had like 47 points um he was ridiculous from making you know doing what he does makes ridiculous shots um you may think that he's like clearly the defense is all over him and draped all over him and he still makes the shots it's just ridiculous I think his muscle memory is so good that he can just, he can like literally shoot shots when he's not even looking. It's, it's like he's turning away on a lot of these shots, or like there's a defender in his face, and he still makes these shots. And it's just, it's just, I never, you know, just looking at the highlights, I didn't watch the whole game because I mean, I was busy at the time, I was working my other job, but just to see him like make those ridiculous shots time and time again just amazes me every time. Like he's, this is why he's gonna go down as one of the best shooters of all time. Like it's just, it's just without a doubt. Like I don't think Reggie Miller was doing stuff like this. Reggie Miller was making crazy shots, but nothing like this. It's ridiculous what he's doing. Um, the Warriors would have never had a chance if he didn't score 47 points in this game. Let's be real. I mean, they're down with a lot of scoring right now with no Klay Thompson and Kevin Durant. You know, Cousins is obviously not who he is right now. He's still banged up. You know, so they're just doing what they can just to stay afloat. 
You know, the Raptors had their pretty much their full team besides OG Wanamanobi. So they're just they're just trying to just stay afloat. And Steph Curry did everything he could, and it wasn't enough. You know, they lost the game by I believe it was a good ten points or so. Like it's they both scored in the hundreds. So that just shows you um, that they were able to at least score some points even without all that scoring. But I felt like Toronto really played good defense overall because even though a lot of those points were in, were in, like, cleanup duty, like, where the game was pretty much over. So I had to give Toronto a lot of a lot of credit. I've seen a lot of, a lot of chase-down blocks. I mean, Kawhi had a chase-down block. I think Ibaka had a few chase-down blocks. Um, obviously, just the length of the Raptors and... Danny Green, I believe, had one as well. So they, they have a lot of length. They can they can they cover a lot of ground. Just when you think you have a layup, there's another that there's a guy coming that could block your shot. Whether it's Kawhi, whether it's Green, whether it's Ibaka, Gasol, we all know how good of a defense player he is. He was defense player of the year one year. So it's like they have a lot of defensive versatility all over the place. You know, sack him if I if I didn't mention him already, but. He, you know, he creates a lot of problems defensively. So, and then obviously Lowry. We all know Lowry's a great, you know, um, sturdy defender that can get in the passing lanes and create steals for you. So, it's like they have a lot of weapons, not only on the offensive end, but on the defensive end as well. And they cause a lot of problems. They cause a lot of problems in game one as well. So, they're causing pretty much the same problems in this one as well. So, it's like... I mean, they need Klay Thompson if they want to have any chance of beating this team, at least. I, I, I think they just need at least Klay Thompson. I mean, everyone, we all know that everyone's, um, we all know the, all these rumors with Durant leaving and stuff. It would be nice to see the Warriors winning without Durant, just to see, just to validate that they're a great team without Durant being there. I mean, it would be nice if Durant comes back, but I just feel like it just it would make it, a little bit more of a topsy-turvy matchup because you then then you get Durant back, you definitely are a better team than Toronto. It just seems like the Warriors are just missing points. If they had those guys with them, they probably would have the upper hand in this game, in the series, because it's just there's too much for Toronto to, to be able to deal with. If Curry's playing like this, and then Klay Thompson's playing, you know, being himself and then Durant's gonna automatically give you 20 every night it's like how do you how do you defend that and then obviously the role players for the Warriors have stepped up Iguodala's had a great series so far um you know Livingston does his thing and and um Quinn Cook I thought Quinn Cook has really stepped up a lot in you know the past couple games he's probably played his best basketball of his career so they've had they've had a lot I mean I wouldn't say they're they've had a, a, a ton of great bench production, but if you add just the, you know, the 20 points that they get, 20, 30 points that they get from their bench, that's good enough when you got Durant and Thompson, Curry and company, they can score in bunches just by themselves, so, and think about it, they still scored 100 points, even though a lot of those points were in cleanup duty, you know, when the game was pretty much over, they still scored 100 points against a very elite defensive team. Because I'd still consider Toronto one of the better defensive teams in the NBA. And it just shows with their personnel how 
well, like I just named all the names of how those guys can create a lot of problems out there. And they're doing well, you know, even without the, their two better players. So you got to give them props for just staying, just keeping the game close, even, even when it feels like they just really are shorthanded. So that's that. I mean, game four is obviously going to be in Oakland again. So we'll have to get ready for that. That will be on Friday, which is tomorrow. Um, I believe it will be the same time as the usual times, 9 o'clock, maybe 8 o'clock. Who knows? I don't have, I have to check it, but um, most likely probably 9 o'clock. And we'll have to see. I mean, Clay Thompson probably might come back. There's rumors that he, that there's reports that say that he will come back in game four, which I feel like they, it's a must win. So I would say that he would probably just, try to see if he, what he can do and see if he can come back. They were probably just playing it safe. He probably could have played game three, but it's just playing it safe. You know, they didn't want to re-aggravate the injury, just, you know, just to be on the safe side. So, and as far as Durant goes, they still don't know what's going to, what the what the reports are. The reports say they don't really know what Durant's status would be, but it looks like Clay Thompson should be expected to play game four or close to it hopefully if he can get through them the shoot around then he should be able to play <coughs> excuse me but uh remember last week i was saying i was uh under the weather or two weeks ago it's now kind of turned into a semi-cold so i'm like kind of battling a sore throat but still trying to but I'm still, my voice is still good enough to really provide a pretty, uh, to provide a good show for you guys. You know, it's not like I have a hoarse throat or anything like that where my voice will definitely affect the show. If that was the case, I'd probably skip it, skip this week and come back for you guys next week. But, uh, well, let me know if my voice is cracking or anything like that, but I'm pretty sure it's not. But, uh, like I said, yeah, so... We got a few high school notes to get into in the next segment. Plus, we'll talk about, you know, the basketball camps of Jason Tatum and DeMarcus Smart, which is in the area. You know, then you really get your uh, your young ones involved in the game early on is always great, you know. And those, that's a definitely a good start. What would, what would you want to play? I mean, what would, that would obviously be done.